Hi, and welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I am here again with my wonderful wife, Natasha. Hello. And there she is, and we are back with our podcast of The Abnormal Christian. We have been uh, away for probably, uh, how long do you think by now? A couple years. A couple years? I mean, it seems like... I don't know. I think we did one in April of 2021. Um, Does that really count, though? Yes, it does. Maybe in June. (laughs) So we... um, we haven't done any new podcasting since then. We'll talk about that a little bit before we get going here. Um, we just kind of, we, we had a mixing board. And if you listen to some of the other episodes we had, uh, things were popping and cracking. And It was trash. Yeah, it sounded really terrible most of the time. And so, um, we, we and we had a lot of life stuff going on that didn't really, um, it really wasn't fun. And so we put a lot of our podcasting and things that we were doing to the side because we just had some things we had to take care of. But now we're back, and what we want to do is um, we want to kind of commit to doing at least one a week. Um, I think we were doing two a week, and it was tough for us to um, to really get around to doing it all the time. So um, kind of committing a little bit to doing at least one a week and, and updating um, as we go. Um, so really, this episode is going to be uh, called, what's the title there at the top? Who do you follow? Who do you follow? So we're going to pick up and we're going to just jump right back into this like we used to do. And we're really going to look at the idea of who do we follow in the faith. And, and I mean that from a perspective that um, that some people are uh, of the opinion that you shouldn't um, that you shouldn't hold other people in esteem, right? You shouldn't see that one person, maybe a preacher or a teacher or a, or a pastor or whatever, um, you you know you shouldn't hold them in a high position of esteem because we're all equal in the eyes of God, and and I don't disagree with that idea in in fundamental roots. Um, because we are all equal uh, through Christ. We're co-equals. But there's also um, a bit of scripture that kind of gives us a little bit of a, an insight into this. Uh, before we get into the scripture part of this, I really want to say um, there are people who will say uh, things such as, well, you're, you're a Paulian. You're a, a, Paul, a, per, a person who follows after Paul, the teachings of Paul. Um, I've heard that thrown at people before. You're not a follower of Christ. You're a follower of Paul. And that's not what the Bible tells you to do. You should be a follower of Christ first, you know, and that's not wrong, right? We should be a follower of Christ, but there's some really interesting things. If we believe that what Paul wrote and what Peter wrote were scripture, um, and, and, and our God breathed through the Holy spirit, which I do. And I know Natasha does. Um, it would seem to indicate to us or to me, at least that we have this, um, understanding that because it is Holy Spirit breathing inspired to them, whatever they said is going to be uh, good advice and something that we should do. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to start with first Peter chapter five verses one through 11. I could really pick out one verse here specifically, but I wanted Natasha to read the passage because I just, I, I like the idea of reading more than one verse. It gives you context to the scripture. So go ahead and read some of that. The elders who are among you, I exhort I, who am a fellow elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, 
but being examples to the flock, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Okay, so when we look at those first couple of verses, and we'll stop there for a second, when we look at those, we see there's two different things here. Um, so it is clear that we are followers of Christ, right? But he also says that there are shepherds of the flock of God, and then there's a chief shepherd. So there are two positions here that are mentioned. Um, and he gives you the qualifications of what the shepherd of a flock should do. Now, when we look at what is that, what does shepherd of a flock mean? I mean, it's not really hard. What does it mean? Caretaker of the flock of <clears throat> Jesus. Yes. So that's what we're looking at, right? So it's coming at it's coming at it from the idea of a shepherd that Jesus is the chief shepherd who his sheep know his voice. Right? The Bible says they hear his voice and they they respond to him because they know him. And so what he's saying here is that there is a shepherd of the flock of God. So. You know, where we get in these ideas that there shouldn't be a leader in a congregation or a church and it shouldn't have a pastor or whatever it is, that it should be everybody equally leading. That's not what this is saying. This is saying that there's going to be somebody in the local congregation who's going to be a shepherd to the flock of God. And then it gives you the qualifications or how that person should behave. Now, this is going to exclusively um, disqualify some people that are in the world today that are leading churches and congregations. Um, so it says um, they should be serving as an overseer. Not by the compulsion, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. We've seen that. We've all seen that in churches where they, they beg you for money. They want you to give to their ministry. They say, if you don't, you're, you're not following God because you're not donating to me. You know, there's this idea that they're trying to compel the people um, to act in certain ways and behaviors because they think they're authorita authoritative authoritative <laughs> position, I just about choked on that word, um, is so important that uh, you should do what I say regardless, no matter what. It doesn't matter what you say. Um, so then we see that. So they're, they're, And then the uh, next part is saying not as being lords over those entrusted to you. That goes back to the same point. Um, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. And I know there are a lot of pastors who look at this passage and they say, that right there is a different responsibility for me than it is for the person who comes to church. I'm going to be held accountable, right? There's a crown for that shepherd who's overseeing the flock. He's taking care of the people of God. You have to know that if that shepherd is not doing his job accordingly, that God will repay him accordingly. Um, so we see that. So we, we've already identified who am I following? Who am I following after? Um, we see that God does put people in the position of leadership within the local congregation. Uh, so we're going to continue on to pick up from likewise. Likewise, you younger people submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility for God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. So we see there, he's telling you, he's given an exhortation, what we would call to the young people. And he's saying, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and clothe yourself in humility, not in this pridefulness, even in your knowledge, right? So there's a, there's a thing, and I'm very guilty of this, I think sometimes, and I try to, to, to chastise myself for it, but it's this idea that I have knowledge that someone else doesn't have. And so I want to think I feel a special way. Um, and so he's saying here, young people, you need to submit yourselves to the elders. Now, why would we submit ourselves to the elders? For correction. Okay. Correction and 
Uh, uh, guidance? Yes, instruction. They're going to tell you what to do. They're going to give you good guidance in the body of Christ is how to operate. So now we have this shepherd. He's shepherding the flock. And then he's specifically calling out the young people because we all know young people are the, <clears throat> young people are the hard-headed they're the ones that have the hard time listening. They don't pay attention. You know, they think they know everything. Correct. They've got the hard will. They're they're very disagreeable. So he's saying, "Hey, you need to um, you need to submit yourselves in humility, not just submit yourselves for the sake of doing it, right? Because anybody could do that. We could be like, well, I have to listen to that guy because he's over me. You know, that's not humility. That's not humble. That's submitting yourself in anger in in a prideful manner. And so he's saying, don't do that. Um, and then he quotes Proverbs uh, chapter three, verse 34. He says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble because he's pointing out if you're humble and you're, you know, maybe you're not in the position in the church or congregation that you're in, that you want to be in. He's saying, let the Lord work in you in the small things and he'll give you more. He'll entrust you with more to do. Um, then in verse six, he's saying, therefore, humbly submit yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. So pick up and do the rest of that. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a lying, roaring lying, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to be his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, Perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So that's why I wanted to read all the way down to verse 11, because I think there's a lot that goes into that. We, we see in verse 8, he's saying, be sober, be vigilant, right? And, which is basically saying, have a clear mind and be vigilant, which means to be awake, to pay attention. So he's saying, be, be sober, be clear-minded, be vigilant, be paying attention, because the, the devil is walking around like a roaring, roaring lion. I think we both got that. Um, seeking whom he can devour. He wants, to, he wants to devour the people who are what? That are not sober and are not vigilant. The people whose minds are wasteful and they're not paying attention. Um, and this is huge. This, this one verse right here is huge for current culture because there's so many distractions in the world today that pull our mind away from being focused on Christ. We're not being vigilant in guarding ourselves against temptation, against sin. And that's how do you think the devil is roaming around? What do you think he's trying to get people to do? Be distracted. Correct. But I mean, he, he's roaming around. How is he going to, how is he going to get you to, um, to be at odds with God? He's going to get you to do what? Sin. Yes. He's going to get you to do wrong. So when we see the devil, it's, it's a, it's a, um, it's a picture, right? It's a picture phrase that he's roaming around like a, a roaring lion. He's not actually out there eating people. What he's doing is walking around trying to put sin in front of you to distract you and to cause your mind to be clouded by the things of the world so that you're not being vigilant for the Lord. And, and clearly in the scripture, he's saying, but may the God of all grace who called us by his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. So wait a minute. Hold on a second. He just said something there. After you have prospered and gotten wealthy and became rich and sowed a seed of a thousand dollars. He didn't say that. What did he say? Suffer. Yes. After you have suffered a while, 
perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. So God, get this and write it down in your little tablets if you're taking notes over this podcast. God is glorified in your suffering. And God will repay you for the suffering that you go through. But he is glorified in the suffering. So all these people, and and this goes all the way back up to the beginning of the, the, the scripture here where we started. All these shepherds who are telling you that your best life is now that God wants to make you rich and wealthy, that he doesn't want any bad in your life, that you never should suffer. They're liars. They don't belong at the head of of the congregation. They don't belong there because they do not fit within this portion of scripture. So now we get down to the point and we say, well, should we, um, should we admire someone? Should we follow after anyone? Let's read what he says in first Peter chapter two, verse 21. For to those you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Okay, so we've got we've got Peter here saying, For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. Now Christ here is leaving us an example of what according to this verse? What is he leaving us an example of? Suffering. Suffering. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was it's reading, okay. Reading the other verses that he has oh, listed geez. here on this paper. It's, it's the suffering. He's saying that Christ has given us this example of suffering and that we should follow in his steps. So what are we, what's, the steps we take are going to be steps. Now, listen, I'm not saying you intentionally go seek suffering, right? But I'm saying that is the mark of a Christian is that their life is going to be surrounded by suffering. That's just how it is. Um, we're going to go down to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And we're going to read, uh, let's go to verse 1 through verse 6 here. And I'll let Natasha read that. Uh, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father, knowing, beloved brethren, Your election by God for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia. Is that right? Yes. Who believe? Yes. So really, I, I want to point out some stuff here in that verse. So Paul is 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 uh, him and Timothy and Silvius um, are writing to the church at Thessalonia, and they're trying to exhort them, right? And he's saying that um, we gave thanks to God always for you. So they mentioned this church in their prayers. They remembered them without ceasing their works of faith, their labor of love, their patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God the Father, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, right? So as you know, what kind of men we were among you for your sake. So they're, they're trying to lay out this idea that we, we are following after the Lord. We're doing his work. We're, we're ministering to his people. We've shown you all these things. We've seen your love. We've seen your faith. We're impressed with it. It's awesome. And then in verse six, he says something that's very unique because like our topic here is who are you following? Um, 
I've heard it said you shouldn't esteem men above others, right? You shouldn't follow after anyone other than Christ. But he says, as you became followers of us and of the Lord. So he's not only saying that you became followers of Jesus. He didn't say, we gave you the gospel, you believed in Christ, and now you're a follower of Christ alone, and you're going over there doing that ministry. He's saying you became followers of us. And how is that? It's that imitation that we just read in the last verse, where Christ has set an example for us by his suffering. Paul is saying, we're setting an example for you, your congregation, because we're praying for you, we're following up with you, we see your patience, we see your love, and you know that we came to you honestly in the Lord, and that is how you should be. Follow our example. And one other time, Paul actually says, um, he says, follow me. You know, Paul says, follow me and, and what I'm doing and how I'm leading. So when we look at it, there's nothing wrong with uh, following someone who is drawing close to the Lord. I think that's, it would be a statement of foolishness to say, um, don't, don't have any kind of mentor in your life, right? You would say, uh, and this is where I think a lot of false religion comes from. People will say, well, I don't need a teacher. I don't need someone who's learned in this. I don't need elders. I don't need somebody who has had a lifetime of experience in the gospel. Um, I'm good enough for myself. I'm going to go start a church down here on the corner, and I'm going to preach and teach what I think I know, but I never learned from anybody. Um, so we see that. And so here, it's really interesting. It stood out to me that he said, we became, you became followers of us in the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. So again, there's that suffering aspect. It cost them something to be believers, but they followed the word of Paul because they knew what he was saying was true. Um, so we're going to jump to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, and we'll read that. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. So we've got this other passage here again, where he's saying, we gave you the word, and you didn't just take it being from Paul. You didn't just take it being from Timothy or the other dude with the crazy name. Um, you took it as being the word of God, right? You you accepted what we're saying is the word of God. And, you know, I, I think when we present the gospel to people, when we present the word of God to people and they latch on to the word of God that we're giving them or we're speaking into their lives, you wonder why people want to come back around somebody who's happy and cheerful and they want to come back around someone who is positive or gives them strength is because you're a place of encouragement. But what are you encouraging them in? You're not encouraging them in your own belief or understanding. You're giving them the word of God and they're loving the word of God, but they love you. Uh, you know, how beautiful are the feet of them that bring the good news is what the scripture says, right? So it's, it's, a, it's about that person who is bringing the gospel or bringing the word of God to someone. And that person recognizes it and admires that other person to say, you know, I really like their message. I really like the way they preach. I really like what they have to say because it's, it's strong and it's encouraging. And we're going to talk about a few people here in a minute um, that really, I think, have impacted us in the last year or two since we've been kind of off the podcast. Uh, but we'll go over that in a second. So let's look at Acts chapter 9, verse 20. Immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues that he is the son of God. So we're looking at this from the perspective that Paul in the last in the last verses there we saw they believed them because of what they were preaching and so what is this idea that Paul is preaching that he went into the synagogues and he preached that he Jesus is the son of God. That's what they were imitating, that's what they were latching on to, the fact that Paul was standing up and preaching the word that Jesus is the son of God. Acts 22:16. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you 
who believe. All right, so we've got, uh, looks like I might have missed a verse there. I think I did. We repeated that one twice, but it's okay. <laughs> um, it, it's okay, because it's it's the idea that we're looking at, we're looking at the men of the world, right? So this is really kind of, and that's the scripture we're going to use for this little segue into our chit-chat here. Um, chit-chat. About who should we, you know, who should we follow? I think there's qualifications. So number one, um, I've said on this podcast before, and I'll probably have every preacher in the country come knock on my door and tell me they think I'm wrong, and I don't care. If you are a believer, and you are in a congregation, congregation that does not preach and teach the word of God effectively, you are okay and responsible to leave that. Um, I think that's something I can't say enough. Um, Do not sit in a church or a congregation that has been a place your family has been going to for the last 30 years for the sake of going because your family goes there. You don't want to offend somebody. You don't want to upset somebody. You know, what's my what's my parents going to think? Or what are my brother and sister who go here think? Or, or what are the deacons? Who's my cousin? What's he going to think? You know, um, you, you, you may not understand. So where we're from, we're on the east coast of North Carolina. Um, and here, I grew up in church all my life. There's churches everywhere. They're on every corner. They're every block. Um, I've been to mountain churches. I've been to every kind of church you could ever think of. And the majority, I would say a good 80% of the churches I attended or, or visited um, were family churches. This is where a church had been, a family had been in this congregation or this church for the last 50 years, and they never left or went anywhere else. And that builds a strong family sense in the church. It builds a couple things. Uh, it can really build the click in the church because one family controls everything, right? So there can be that. There can be the click situation, but it also can really build the history of a congregation that a family has stuck together that long. It, it really puts our affirmities, uh, our, our problems on. We, we all know each other. We know what we're going through. So there's the opportunity to get together and pray. Shared experience. Correct. But all that has to be foundationally taken care of. Of by what we saw in the first scripture we read in first Peter, that there has to be a shepherd there who is providing for you. Now, if there was a shepherd who had a flock of sheep and, you know, he's supposed to take them out to green pastures and he's supposed to feed them and take them out there and once a day and then take them down to get them water. If he took those sheep and he went the other way to where there was barren land and he put the sheep on barren land, what would happen to the sheep over a period of time? There's, there's nothing out there. What's going to happen to them? Well, they're going to die. Right. They're going to starve to death. They're going to dehydrate. They're going to die out there. And that shepherd now in his mind, he might be thinking, I'm doing the best I can for these sheep because I know what they need. Right. Um, but at some point, those sheep have to make it something, you know, and bringing this back to people, you have to make a conscious decision and choice in your mind that I have to make a change in my life. Right. Um, I told somebody, uh, might have been my daughter a while back, but I think we sit around and we wait on God to give us the answer to what should I do with my life, right? Where should I go? What should I do? Um, and we want an immediate answer. We want some knock on the door. Arise and right. go out. Go and find the place I have for you. You know, that's what we expect. And the reality is the Bible tells us here's, and I was going to write a book on this, but I'll tell you right now in the podcast real quick, what is the purpose of life? The purpose of life is one thing to glorify God. That's it. You want to know what's my purpose in life? Your purpose in life is to glorify God. Yeah, but what am I supposed to do for a living? You're supposed to glorify God, but I am a, I mean, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Correct. It doesn't matter if you're a doctor, a nurse, a lawyer. It doesn't matter if you work in a factory. It doesn't matter if you mop a floor. Everything you do, you're supposed to glorify God in. And the problem, and I'm guilty of this, the problem is, is we sit around and we want God to tell us what is the thing you want us to do. Do you want me to be a missionary? Do you want me to be a, a pastor? Do you want me to be a school teacher? Do you want me to be a policeman? Do you want me? I'm going to wait until you tell me what to do. And then you wind up being 50 years old and you're disappointed because 
God's not told you anything when he already told you your job. I can't believe God didn't use me. Your job is to glorify God in all that you do. That's the purpose-driven life. Glorify God in all that you do. It could have been a short book that people would have remembered. Uh, but that's the whole purpose. So we get back to looking at the congregation, right? And, we, and then we're going to, we'll put a little bit out there, not a lot. But we. Just a smidge. Yeah, we'll put a smidge out there. So we've we've recently switched uh, congregations that we were attending. Um, and I won't give the reasons for that. I'm not trying. And I won't give names for nothing. Um, because I don't, I, I, they're brothers and Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ, and we love them all, and I love them there, and I love them uh, where we're going now, and and but there are certain things that we feel we need, and so you know if you're congregate, and I know, understand, there's some people are going to say, hey, that pastor needs time to grow and mature, that pastor needs time to study and get deeper in the Word, um, and that's okay, right? But I don't, I honestly, me myself, I don't have time for that. If you're if you're listening to this and you're a part of that former congregation we went to, I apologize. I'm not trying to. I'm not bad-mouthing. I'm saying we need depth. There has to be a deeper level uh, of under. This is what this whole podcast is about. The abnormal Christian life is supposed to be this Christian life that looks so strange to other people because it doesn't mimic the, the life that you see in the current congregation. The congregation of Christ right now in the United States of America is shallow. It's ankle-deep water most of the time. There are some really good, and this is this is what we're going to hit on. I'm going to give you a couple names. You may know these names. Natasha will throw some names in there. I'll throw a name. She'll throw a name, and we'll see. Who is somebody within the last two years that you think was has led you, um, and, and most of our experience with these people has been on YouTube watching videos of sermons that we sit and watch relentlessly, um, but we've seen some in person, so we're happy about that. But name one person that you think has made a big impact on your life in the last two years. Um, you know, somebody you saw Vody. Vody Bauckham, right? Vody Bauckham has made a massive impact in your life in the last two years. Mine too. Um, and I and and I have a genuine love for that man as a brother in Christ because he he represents what what I would like to see every pastor do, what I would like to see every pastor be, what every Christian man should be. It's not the idea, you know, when you watch his sermons, go on YouTube and look up Vody Bauckham and watch anything he teaches. Watch anything he teaches, and I guarantee you'll have a hard time disagreeing with him. Brokenness. But yeah, that's <laughs> just, a good one. Just Google Vody Bauckham brokenness. Um, why I believe the Bible to be true. Yes. I mean. I mean, we, we went and saw him a couple months ago um, at a conference. Um, what was the name of their conference? The Resistance. A resistance Conference. It was about resisting current culture in the world and clinging to the Lord. And it was fantastic. And it's not. And and I don't want I don't want you to under I don't want anybody to think that I'm idolizing this guy because I'm not. I'm definitely not idolizing a person. But I'm saying when I look at this person, I see the example of someone who is trying to be a godly man. I see the power of God on his life, and I see the Lord coming through him. And and sharing the message. And you know what strikes me the most about him is the message that he gives because it is scripture, man. It's a hundred percent scripture laden. I think when we went to see him at the conference, I, there was a little part of me that was nervous and scared that we were going to see him in person and he wasn't going to be anything like the videos we saw. And I would be like disappointed, right? Yeah. Uh, but 
No. No, was, but it's... I mean, it was... Correct. And so that's somebody we look up to, right? That's somebody... Now, if, if something came out tomorrow, and here's a perfect example of this. We talked about this guy on our podcast before, Ravi Zacharias. We both talked about him. We talked about how we liked his videos. I always kind of felt like there was something a little off about the guy, but I really liked him because he was an intellectual Christian, right? So it, it, when he died and all that stuff came out about all the improprieties he had and all the sin in his life while he was trying to do this ministry, it was very devastating to a lot of people. It didn't devastate me at all. I mean, because the gospel is the gospel, whether he did sin or not, right? I know every man's a sinner. And the idea that I would think that he's perfect and above sin is ridiculous. Now, I didn't expect his sin to be as deep as it was and as, as terrible as it was, but he was still a sinner. And I understand that. Um, but I don't, it's definitely if we love uh, Vody Bauckham, but if we woke up tomorrow and he was in a similar situation, I would be disappointed, but it wouldn't damage my faith at all because I don't put right. him It up. would hurt my feelings, but I, that would not mar or scar or change my belief in Christ. Correct. Because we haven't elevated him to that level above, uh, above Christ. And that's a place we shouldn't. The Bible says we're not supposed to do that. But if we follow the example of Paul, who's saying here that you followed after us because we followed after the Lord, then it seems to me that we should be looking for those people in our lives that we can connect ourselves to in some way, shape or form. I mean, hopefully it's your local congregation. You've got a pastor, you've got a mentor, you've got a teacher or somebody that you can look at and you can see as a godly example. Um, but the idea is, and really here in the truth is that the world is becoming more complex the church is becoming more complex um i mean we're in north carolina and the united methodist church here in north carolina a third of those churches are getting ready to split and go out of the united methodist church because of their their the umc is changing their uh views on um biblical positions we'll say it that way biblical positions so a third of those churches are like no we're not doing that that's not the word of god the word of god says you can't do these things and they're saying man we're going to make it okay right we, we're going to bend it a little bit so people are leaving um so we're really in this in this situation to where there are a few men who stand up in the world that you know they take notice the world takes notice of them i mean um paul washer we watch paul washer a lot if you don't know paul washer encourage you go look on youtube um, get a clue about Paul it. Washer. I mean, and again, the thing that sets Paul Washer apart from other people that are out there is Paul Washer is committed and dedicated to the word of God. I was watching a, a, a video with him, uh, maybe in yesterday. And Paul Washer was talking about why he doesn't like to do conference speaking. Somebody said, Hey, you know, why don't you like to go conferences and get up in front of the crowds and, you know, get well known. And he said, because that's, he said, God, um, keeps, the best men for himself. It's, he said, it's not the guy who's always on stage who's the superstar, right? And, and, and spiritually a superstar. It's that guy who doesn't ever get on stage. It's that guy who spends his time in prayer. It's that guy who loves his family and his wife and his children and who is teaching them the word of God. You know, he's very big in that respect. That And so is voted that they both have this idea that men should be teaching and leading in their homes. And really it's the, a pouring into of their family, correct. first and foremost. Because almost. that's your mission field, right? right. That's our our mission field. Our children are our mission field. And I, I think we, we, I won't say we recognized it too late, um, but I, we, I will, we could have recognized it a lot earlier and it might've made a bigger difference in our kids' lives. Uh, because we we're right now we're struggling through things that we wouldn't have had to deal with had we started from the start, you know, had we had, had we have had a good understanding of how important it was. If we had had a shepherd who really drove that home, for me, yeah, because you know we're a blended family, so not all of our children were little by the time 
each of us got around them. But um, at least for me personally, I feel a lot of guilt. That yeah, I, I, I mean, we both with. do. We have we have things we're dealing with on that. Um, but again, so so I'll give you a couple more. So we got um, Vody Bach on Paul Washer, John MacArthur. Um, I will say I don't agree with everything with MacArthur, but who cares? The guy is outstanding. He's an outstanding preacher. He's an outstanding pastor. He stands by his beliefs, whether anybody else agrees with him or not. He doesn't care. He didn't want to close his church during COVID. He refused. Um, I had a different opinion about that. I felt like, you know, it's not going to hurt us to, to close just to be careful for the old folks and the other. He didn't want to. Hey, I, I'm with him hundred percent. If that's what he felt like he needed to do, but the guy preaches the word up and down. John Piper, a lot of people like John Piper. He's pretty solid. I mean, again, I don't agree with everything he says, um, but a lot of people like him. Mike Winger, there's a guy who does videos on YouTube. Um, Mike Winger is a pretty fantastic guy. He actually studies out every video he does. He'll put the scripture on the screen so you can see it. Um, I'm not saying that you forsake, as people would say. You're local. Right. I'm not saying. Which I think we were struggling with to find someone. And I don't know that it's realistic to find someone, at least in our minds, who were as learned as these people that we're mentioning. Right. But we wanted to get at least close to something. Yeah. I mean, it's for us, it's difficult, right? So the Abnormal Christian podcast really started off as a messianic type mentality podcast, which I still am. Um, I still cling to uh, messianic views of the scripture. I still want to look at the Bible from the Hebraic perspective. Um, but at the same time, uh, the messianic movement is just a hodgepodge of hot mess as anything else. I mean, they there's there, it hasn't got it all together. Um, and that's okay, but they're trying. So everybody's trying. But me, I'm still looking at things from the, and this is the interesting thing, because I think I've said before that I didn't think I could sit in a congregation or a church because of the messianic teaching that I've learned. There's things that I just don't agree with. And you know, what's interesting is, is I got no problem. I can sit my butt in a pew and sing and listen and worship with these people who love Jesus as much as I do. I may call him Yeshua. They may call him Jesus. It doesn't matter to me because they believe faith is by grace. You know, they believe that faith comes the same way that I believe faith comes. They believe that Jesus, who died on the cross, I believe Yeshua, same guy, died on the cross, saved them from their sin. And so I think in the long run, there's some maturity there that I had to have. I had to grow a little bit to understand that I'm never going to find a place that's going to fit every one of my beliefs. And honestly speaking, every one of my beliefs is probably not correct. I'm not, you know, when it comes to reading the Bible, I'm not the sole proprietor of the, the knowledge of the word of God. And I get to make all the decisions as to what it actually means. Um, so, you know, I think our encouragement here is is when we're saying who do you follow, we want to look for people who are who are doing what they're following after Christ, they're exemplifying Christ in their life, in their deeds, and you know more than anything, you want to say, hey, it's by what they say. But I would encourage you to find someone who is living a life of Christ. It's what they're doing with what they say. They may get up there and preach every Sunday a good sermon that sounds great, but if their life doesn't match that, you need to turn the other way and go find somewhere else to go because. Uh, I don't know how long we have on this earth until Christ returns, right? The time may be short. The time may be long. But in your own personal life, your time's going to run out. My time's going to run out. I don't have 100 years left. I don't have 60 years left. And I refuse to sit in a position and, and feel like I'm not getting anything, not learning, not 
not knowing more about God, not being fed. I'm the sheep that's been let off into the dead grass, and I'm complaining because I'm not getting anything to eat. And you I'm know. hungry. Right. And so what is? And I'm going to take a shot here, so everybody prepare yourselves. And so what does the guy do? He reaches in a bag and throws some grains of Bethel and Hillsong out into the grass. And I'm, oh, so, I'm, 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 I'm supposed to chew that up, and I'm supposed to be like, oh, this makes me feel so good, you know. And, and, and then it makes me vomit. Right. <laughs> And you're supposed to ignore that you're not getting fed. You're getting something that doesn't do anything for you. So, I mean, I, I, we harp on that stuff a lot. But the real main crux of everything here is your personal wealth, uh, health, not wealth, Ooh. your personal health um, is up to you. You need to get in the word of God. You need to study. You need to read. You need to. One of the best things, read I think, your Bible. Um, if you're if you're a single person, find another Christian to talk to. I bounce ideas off of my wife all the time to the point that she rolls her eyes and gets irritated. <laughs> Because I, I'm always, I've, yes, it is. I've always got something. I'm always got some new position or angle that I'm coming from. He's always like, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you this. Um, so, but really, that's kind of what we want to encourage you to do. Now, you know, some of this, maybe you're, maybe those guys we mentioned are not in your wheelhouse of people that you would like to listen to. Maybe it's a tone of voice. It's the way they speak. It's something. I don't know. Uh, but find somebody. There's plenty of people. There's plenty of people. If your church, if you feel like your church is stagnant and it's not teaching you if it's not edifying you in christ if it's not uh, if it's not provoking the very spirit within you to try and walk in righteousness right or if they are preaching it incorrectly yeah then get out and go somewhere else and here's the thing when you do find a place that preaches it correctly put your face in it get in it get in it deep get in the word check out what they're saying latch on to it find some way to get involved with that put yourself there because you're going to grow in that environment it's a, it's a plant in good Your children soil right will as well it's plant in good soil yeah. you plant it in good soil and the plant will grow you plant it on the rocks and it's going to die so there's a, you know that's my encouragement so who who are we following we're following Christ but on earth, we're following the shepherds that are here until the great chief shepherd comes to retrieve us all. And, uh, and we go on to be with him. So that's our encouragement from you from this episode. Uh, we thank you for being back with us on the podcast. Uh, we pray that you, you know, you kind of give us a chance again, let all your friends know that we're back. Um, I will say Don't we did forget us. During, before COVID, we had uh, 40,000 downloads in a year, which was huge in our little hillbilly mind. So we're in the middle of nowhere doing it, you know. Um, and then after COVID, everything dropped off real severe and sharp. But um, we don't really do it. I don't care. We don't really do it for the listens. We do it for the Lord. Um, so we're we're going to be doing this. We hope you come in with us. We're going to be b- bouncing out some new ideas in the podcast. I'm thinking about doing um, a world news for Christians kind of thing, maybe a little segment there. We're going to do some things on prophecy. We're going to do some things on just all kinds of things. Um, there's, there's so much that has happened within the last two years. I think we got a lot of room to talk. Um, we used to keep these episodes around 23 minutes because I was like, eh, people will get bored and tune out. Um, but we're probably going to, since we're only doing one a week, maybe two a week, one for sure, um, <laughs> we're going to let them run long sometimes like this one. So um, from us, we appreciate you. We thank you for tuning in and we will catch you on the next episode. Bye.